Hello. We hope everyone is doing well today and you're feeling encouraged and at peace. Um, Johnny and I are, and yeah. we decided we're going to save communion to the end today. And I'm going to start just by praying and jumping right into what we've been talking about, about Holy Spirit and um, and wisdom. And then we'll shift uh, over to doing our communion together. So that'll give you time. If you don't already have something to do communion with, you can grab that. So, um, Holy Spirit, we thank you for your amazing presence that can be with us all at the same time in such um, a tangible way. We thank you for your comfort, for your help. We thank you that um, you know how to lead us into truth and in ways that we each can individually discover it. Um, and we thank you for revealing the heart of our Father to us in the different things that each of us have been through and are going through. You're just right there escorting us, navigating us, and pointing out um, all the things that, that the Father wants us to see. And we're just grateful for your role in our lives. We're grateful for our partnership with you. We're grateful for... Um, the power that you have given us access to and it's our heart's desire to operate in the fullness of everything that you have for us day by day and so we ask you once again to fill us fill us again fill us again with all that you are holy spirit in jesus name we pray yes amen so um the final two points that I want to read to you about humility, I started with this idea of 10 thoughts on wisdom, Holy Spirit personified, and they kind of all meld together, so it's not really important, but just for my sake, I like to have closure, and I mentioned at the beginning 10 points, so I'm going through the last two right now, and then we're going to jump into Ephesians 1. Um Humility causes us to partner with the Holy Spirit as wisdom moment by moment to discover the right or wrong next step, thought, or perspective. The right or wrong next step, thought, or perspective. And when we live um, partnered with the Holy Spirit, with wisdom, we must um, embrace enough humility to want his help to know what is the right or wrong next thing to think or to perceive or a step to take. And then the last point of wisdom. Wisdom is not merely trying to get me to perform for God. So Holy Spirit isn't merely trying to get any of us to just perform for God or to even protect us from pain. Wisdom is not trying to protect me and you from pain. Wisdom awakens in us hunger for truth for God himself. And I like to think of this analogy. You know, when you have cravings for sugar um, or carbs, same thing, um, it causes us to settle 
for something to eat that doesn't have nutrition in it. So a craving for something that's not healthy um, causes you to settle for something that's less than what God wants to give us. So in the same way, when we settle for the the independence that God has has given us as citizens on planet Earth, the ability to choose or not choose Him or anything else, um, when we crave independence so much, it causes us to settle for less than what God has for us. It causes us to not want um, and hold out for his better ways. And we live unsurrendered to God ultimately, which causes us to settle for empty things from doing things our own way. So wisdom leads us to doing things God's way. And our independence that's not been surrendered back to God um, doesn't it, it takes us away from wisdom and therefore causes us to settle for doing things our own way um, that that don't bear fruit. So in Ephesians 1, I'm going to read the whole um, several verses here. I think it's like verses 17 through 19 maybe. Um, Paul says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet, and gave him, Jesus, to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Okay, talk about a run-on sentence. That is a really long <laughs> run-on sentence. Loaded. It's, it's loaded. And so I'm going to attempt to break that down for you in a way that um, without you necessarily having the scripture in front of you, you can follow. The part that I want to really um, focus on is... Uh, the beginning where he says um, he wants to give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So we know that connected to Habakkuk 2.14, the knowledge of the glory of God filling the earth as the waters cover the sea and the knowledge of God filling our own hearts individually um, is connected. This idea of the knowledge of God is connected to us having the spirit of wisdom and revelation. If we don't have a spirit of wisdom and revelation, can we really truly know God? Can we grow in the knowledge of who he is and what he's like and is correct, a correct perspective of him? We can't. So um, then it goes on to say, the eyes of your understanding being, in, being enlightened. So that's just another way of saying 
being able to correctly perceive him, to know him. That you may know, and then it goes on to list three things that he wants us to know. So the question inferred here is, why do we need the spirit of wisdom and revelation in order to know God? So that, there's three things, so that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Um, and I want to break that down. My way of saying that after studying into those words, the hope of his calling, um, it means that you may know and experience the excitement of anticipating and expecting God's invitation to you. Mm. So, uh, in other words, a, a calling is an invitation in its original um, Hebrew there. And the hope is to anticipate with pleasure or expectation and confidence. So, so I'll ask it this way. Why do we need the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know God? So that we may know what is the hope of his calling. That we may know, experience the excitement of anticipating and expecting God's invitation to us. So then the question is, what's he inviting us to? What is he inviting you into? And I believe this is part of our dialogue ongoing with Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what are you inviting me into? What is the Father inviting me into? Every day we're being invited into something with him. And then on the big picture scale, we are being invited into um, participating in his narrative in the earth right now. All right, so the next thing it says, why do we need the spirit of wisdom and revelation in, in order to know God? So that you may know what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So then uh, I break that down to um, when I studied into those words, riches, glory, inheritance, and saints. That you may know and experience what's been given to Jesus through and in us. So Jesus has been given something through and in each of us. Jesus' inheritance is literally inside of us, his body. The abundance of a true reflection or correct perspective of God. So as we grow in the knowledge of God, as we individually and collectively begin to understand more clearly who God is and what he's really like, that is Jesus's inheritance in the saints. Mm. Our correct perception of the Father is what Jesus inherits in us. It's, it's, it's the father's gift of the bride to the groom. Mm. What Jesus wants more than anything else is for us to know his father like he knows his father. Mm -hmm. He wants us to love the father like he loves the father. Mm -hmm. and, and as we grow in that and then we're able to give it away to others, that becomes the very inheritance of Jesus. So back again, the question, why do we need the spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowing him? So that you may know what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. What does he inherit in you? And that, I believe, is a, is a driving question and conversation that we must continue with Holy Spirit, each one of us, in practical ways as you're coming out of this quarantine and you're headed into this new era in a, in a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit, 
called as a reformer to impact and influence the areas of culture that you were created to impact, what does it look like for you to partner with the spirit of wisdom and revelation in giving Jesus his proper inheritance in and through you? What, what is it that you're becoming an expert in about God, about our Father? And how are you helping other people grow in what in who you've seen him to be? That is his inheritance in you, okay? And then the third, um, the third thing that's listed there in Ephesians 1, so that you may know, okay? Why do we need the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowing him? So that you may know what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to, to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ. So again, I delved into the the understanding of each one of those words and unpacked it a little bit, and I rephrased it to this. So that you may know and experience how over-the-top amazing the magnitude of God's ability and force is that he pours into those who trust in it. The same power as the forceful strength that God caused to be active in Jesus. So why do we need a spirit of wisdom and revelation? So that we can know that exceeding great power that he makes available to us, that he made available to Jesus that worked in him. Yes. So I'll just recap it by saying it this way. Why do we each need the spirit of wisdom and revelation in order to know God and make him known? Why do we need wisdom? Why do we need Holy Spirit wisdom personified? Why do we need to understand and be enlightened, as Ephesians 1 says, so that we can receive three things, an invitation, an inheritance to give to Jesus, and the power that operated in Jesus himself. We, we need all three of those things. Those are three key ingredients to being reformers, to, to this new era of reformation. We have to receive that invitation. We have to wake up to the fact that, oh my gosh, I've been invited by God himself. I've been designed and thought of and put in this place and time in history on purpose by a father who is so intentional and he, he created me in such a way and then he says, will you? It's an invitation that he wants us to be excited about. And then he says, like, can you imagine showing up on your wedding day and not having anything worth giving to the person who's so excited about marrying you. Like we want to show up on our wedding day for all of eternity with our our groom, Jesus, beautiful, perfect Jesus, and have an inheritance to give him. We, We want him to receive everything that he was worthy of. We will be in that moment corporately, collectively, as the bride, as the body of Christ, will be collectively aware of, of how, how absolutely stunning he is. And we'll want to have something to give to him. 
When you have love poured out on you in that powerful of a way, you want to give it right back. And our tangible expression of that will be that we'll look in his eyes and he'll see that we get our father, that we know our father like he knows him. That's the inheritance that Jesus is awakening, that the Holy Spirit is awakening us to through the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And the third thing is this power. Wisdom is not just this ethereal, you know, frou-frou concept. It's not even just this balanced approach to life. Wisdom is a spirit of power and might that is natural and supernatural. It supersedes every other kind of power that exists in the universe. And it's available to you for the assignment that you have in your area of culture. It's available to each one of us in every relationship that we have in our lives. It's a power that, that empowers us to do and be all that he created us to do and be. So I'll just say it this way. Why do we need the spirit of wisdom and revelation? So that we can experience the excitement of anticipating God's invitation so that we can know and be a part of what is being given to Jesus as his inheritance, the wealth of a good reputation and a correct understanding of what God is really like, and so that we can experience the same overwhelming power that God caused to actively operate in Jesus and um, raised him from the dead. I want to close with... Four verses from Proverbs out of the Passion Translation. These are, again, about um, wisdom. Think of this as a description of Holy Spirit who we are intentionally focusing on leading up to this uh, uh, time of Pentecost. I should have looked that up, how many more days we have to it, but here we go. This is Proverbs 1, 8, and 9 in the Passion Translation. Pay close attention, my child to your father's wise words, and never forget your mother's instructions, for their insight will bring you success, adorning you with grace, excuse me, adorning you with grace-filled thoughts and giving you reins to guide your decisions. I want to just declare that over you as you're moving into decisions related to your future coming out of this strange time we've been in and God continuing to prepare you to launch you into whatever it is that's next for you, um, I declare over you that you will have insight that will bring you success and adorn you with grace-filled thoughts and give you reins to guide your decisions, like horse reins. The next scripture is Proverbs one thirty-three, again from the Passion Translation. The one who listens to wisdom... Holy Spirit, will live undisturbed in a heavenly peace, free from fear, confident and courageous, resting, unafraid, and sheltered from the storms of life. I declare that over you today. You are one who listens to wisdom. Therefore, you are one who will live undisturbed in a heavenly peace, free from fear, confident, courageous, resting, unafraid, and sheltered from the storms of life. Proverbs 2.6 says, Wisdom 
is a gift from a generous God. And every word he speaks is full of revelation and becomes a living fountain of understanding within you. Again, wisdom isn't something, it's someone. And he's not far away. He's not someone that we have to convince to come and draw near. We are filled with Holy Spirit. And from the inside out, I declare over each one of you that you have access from within to this gift of wisdom from your generous Father. And, and Holy Spirit's words are full of revelation for you. And they become in you a living fountain of understanding. The last scripture, Proverbs 2, 10 and 11. When wisdom wins your heart, and revelation breaks in, true pleasure enters your soul. If you choose to follow good counsel, divine design will watch over you. Understanding will protect you from making poor choices. I want to declare that over you again. As you move forward and you are making decisions on behalf of yourself your own situation, your own finances, your own career, and as you're making decisions on behalf of your household and on behalf of the people that you interact with, the people that work with you or for you, I just declare over you that wisdom has won your heart and revelation has broken in and true pleasure has entered your soul. And I declare over you that you have chosen to follow and you will continue to choose to follow good counsel whose name is Holy Spirit. And because of that, I declare that divine design will watch over you and understanding will protect you from making poor choices for the sake of our Father and for the sake of his amazing kingdom. We just release that spirit over you once again, that you are filled all in all of who and what he is, the fullness of God himself. Wow, wasn't that good? So much there. Well, that was an amazing way to close our our time together, our daily get-togethers, and we were... Um, Elizabeth checked, and I was like, I know it's close to 40 days that we've been doing this. We didn't plan it this way. Um, we kind of started on a day we thought we were supposed to start and felt like it's to end today, but Elizabeth checked, and it ended up, this is day number 39. And, of course, that is very appropriate. Um, Jesus took 39 stripes. We know every every time we mention a stripe, that's getting a whipping that opens up a new pathway of blood. So he, um, it's only appropriate that we are doing this for 39 days, remembering the blood that he shed. And, um, and he was wounded for our transgressions. By his stripes, we are healed. Mm -hmm. And we believe there is a, a roar coming that releases that healing on a global scale, even from both the COVID-19 and the COVID-19 assignment. And, I believe, you know, it's a word I released, that there's been six roars of the lion and the seventh roar is coming. And, um, and he was going to do it in conjunction with something uh, President Trump would say. 
You know, last night I was seeing this vision of, it was of this lion, and um, it was really, it was the enemy, and it was crazy because it was, there was a demon on either side behind him, shining light on him, and um, it's something like out of the Wizard of Oz, you know, the tricks that were being played there. The lion's shadow, he was casting a very big shadow, and so because of this entourage and the way they were shining lights on him, um, he was looking very big and menacing. Hmm. And and you know, the scripture that came to me, the devil walks around as a <laughs> roaring lion, seeking who devour, devour. But the part, um, in fact, the part, the the the, the vision began with psh, massive, majestic uh, line. Um, that I knew to be the Lord, and he was from a higher place, like coming from a mountain, and he was coming down the path, and that's when I saw this other matter. So it's the real line comes behind the one who is as a roaring lion, <laughs> and then he released the most devastating roar, and it just uh, it devastated the whole operation they had. The demons holding the lights, like they they uh, disappeared, and and the whole just the whole operation was shredded there. The enemy like a roaring lion, as opposed to the actual lion of the tribe of Judah. So, we believe that that's um, coming. We're in agreement with it. We're prepared to uh, move forward, and and really we're in the yeah we're in the it's a fifty day countdown from Passover to Pentecost. And it's what Pentecost means, 50 days. And, um, and we, uh, that comes out actually uh, on the Hebraic calendar, May 29th. I think it's a Friday. And then we celebrate on Sunday. So I think we, we come up with a May uh, 31st. So we're headed to, I think also, uh, we're gonna, I think we're going to come upon, come upon a, a historic uh, Pentecost day because there is now an empowering and an anointing coming for uh, a company to, with this wisdom, even uh, wisdom, the Holy Spirit, there's going to be clarity even how do we move forward? How do we project? Um, how do we propel into our promised land, our respective promised lands as never, never before? And so let's go ahead and, and if you have it, if you're doing it with us, grab the bread or whatever you're using as the elements. And so, Lord, we thank you again for, we thank you, Lord, for this time together. Lord, Elizabeth and I are so grateful for these that have joined us during this time, both those that have uh, done so live and then the many who have called in afterwards. And, and we thank you for how you've met us and spoke to us and brought your, your, your presence, your encouragement to us. And Lord, we do believe something, it was finished on the cross, but there are always progressive finishes and there's something about going through 39 days and by your stripes there was, you didn't need 40 stripes, you needed 39 mm-hmm. and uh, however, whatever that means. And some have said they're, they've, distinct, they've discovered 39 specific brackets of sickness and disease. And so there's, it's a, it's a complete, another it finish, it is finished number. And so for ourselves, for our families, for our businesses, for our nation, we ask that there would be, and it is finished, that gets crossed today as well, some level of it, just our agreement together. We don't minimize yes, it. We know we're not the masses, 
but we know the one puts a thousand, two, ten thousand. We have enough here uh, to, and those who have agreed with us to be uh, of massive monumental consequence on global matters as we connect to resurrection power. So we take that bread now. And now for the 39th time, we take the cup that represents your blood that was willingly shared, spread, given as part of your purchase price for all of humanity, for the earth and the fullness thereof. We agree with you. We declare you Lord, God, sovereign, creator, redeemer, and we thank you that we are to see you made great on planet Earth, as planet Earth, as the majestic one, as the desired of the nations. As it says in Haggai 2, you come and shake everything so that you can reveal the desire of the nations. He who the nations desire. Lord, and I just believe we are entering into that season where the nations are going to experience a great awakening. The peoples of the nations, a great awakening and understanding that they desire you as never before. And we agree with that now. Yes. You know, I just feel to um, agree together over the state of Georgia. Johnny and I are still in Georgia right now, and next week we'll head back to Nashville, Tennessee, where we're, our, our roots are. Um, but... Of course, Georgia's where we uh, raised our children and where we met and fell in love, got married. We pastored a church here in the state for many years. So our, our hearts are very much here. Um, but I, I, if I'm understanding correctly, Georgia's the first state that has come out of quarantine and actually officially today. And they're the only state that has chosen to, um, the governor has chosen to do it just kind of suddenly and not not at the the phases that that Trump recommended. This is just a total personal opinion. I have no facts to base this on, but my opinion is that they are actually working together and that Georgia is taking the first steps to show that it's safe. Um I could be completely wrong on that, but regardless of that, I feel like the Lord wants us to agree together over the state right now. And so, Lord, we just declare together um, uh, an, uh, an end to this plague in this state, that this would be the first of all 50 states and of even other nations of the proof that, that this is over, that, that it's not rapidly accelerating. God, we ask that this would be the day for a turnaround in true, accurate numbers that um, that we would look back and see that this is a day that that Georgia didn't move forward foolishly, but that your hand came in and uh, caused things to slow down and cease um, from from this virus. And in the name of Jesus, we use the authority and the agreement, the unity that you have given us, and we say no more in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Thank you for your protection, God, over this state and over everyone yes, in it. Yes, we release it. Jesus' name. Thank well, you. love to all of you. Let me just see a couple of quick comments here in the chat. Um, the name of the book we mentioned yesterday, it is The Missing Commandment, Love Yourself by Jerry and Denise Basil. B-A-S-E-L is their last name. B as in boy, Basil. Um, the Missing Commandment, Love Yourself. And... Thank you for agreeing with us in prayer. Could we do communion once a month? I think that's an awesome idea. Johnny and I are going to start doing more of the podcasts this way. You know, when you first start podcasts, you feel like, oh, I got to have, I got to do video at the same time. And then that means we have to be dressed a certain way and look our best and, and have the right setting and the right equipment. And we've realized all we've done is just record this on our phone and then just throw it up on our podcast page. So I think that um, more and more people are okay with that being uh, their podcast experience. It doesn't have to be such high quality, you know, to be worthy of putting up there. So all that to say, we are going to do this more. And I think we should include communion. So we will keep you notified on that if you're on our um, email list. Um, if you're not, you can go to our website, restore7.org, and sign up for the email list, and we'll we'll let y'all know. But thank you for requesting that. I think that's a great idea. You guys have been awesome. We look forward to more times. And any time you want us to cover something in particular on a podcast, that's helpful um, to kind of get an idea of what kinds of things y'all want to delve into with us. And you can send that in an email anytime, again, to our um, contact email at on our website. And those um, questions will make, make it to us. So uh, anything else, my love? That is it. We, um, we've enjoyed this time together. Maybe when we do it, we'll... When we get back to Nashville, we'll have uh, our signals been not good enough here. I told Elizabeth, I'd love to do some live maybe Facebook like Facebook and, Lives and or yeah. even Zoom with, um, you know, we'll figure out some other way where we could. It doesn't mean we could see everybody, but at least we could feel like we're being seen, and so therefore it means we can't have pajama days when we're doing it. <laughs> it works. Yeah. <laughs> Pajama day has been pretty awesome. All right. Well, love you guys. Yes, and we, love we will be, be in touch on going through email and social media and back at podcasts sometime soon as well. Blessings Bye -bye. to y'all. Yes.